Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Hello everyone, Educator Barnes here, and today I have a special guest, Natalie Pipkin, and she is from Black Rural Schoolers, and I've been following her on Instagram. One of the things I've been very interested in is school choice, and a lot of times when people think about school choice, they think about charter schools versus traditional public schools, but there's more than that. You have homeschoolers, you have unschooling, you have Mm -hmm. online school, you have people that do a blend of both. And I wanted to get this perspective, because especially with the pandemic happening right now, and people are at home, and not that that's the same as homeschooling, I'm pretty sure she'll explain that. Um, I want to have this conversation. So Natalie, can you tell us kind of how you got into this homeschool journey and a little bit about yourself? Hello, hello. Thank you for the introduction. Um, Yes. Uh, so yeah, we are Black World Schoolers Online, which um, I guess that kind of starts the homeschool journey. Originally, I started a blog um, called Black Beautiful and True as we were transitioning out, and Black World Schoolers became um, an online platform to inspire. It's kind of our community has grown so much that we have other things coming up as well. But um, how we got started on this journey? Well, we got started on this journey because. Um, I saw myself doing the same things my mom was doing, the same things her mom was doing, and probably the same things her mom was doing. So um, questioning everything and wondering why, you know, um, we were at a pretty well-known private class, private uh, school here in Indianapolis. Um, A lot of the buzzwords were there. It was diverse. Um, There was... um, uh, as a you know a Christian background, there was a, a Christian you know it's Christian. There's a lot of things that you know that you check off a list when you're you know when you're a parent looking for that that perfect school, right? Um, and uh, although um, as black parents we know there is no such thing as a perfect school, especially for our children, we we already are ready to settle, and so it had just enough um, for us to work with. We felt, but. Um, and also because we had conversations at home with our children, we felt like, well, they're equipped to come here because they already know the real, I'm going to do just what my mom did. I'm going to do just what her mom did. We're going to, we're going to, you know, tell the truth at home and and just let them pass the test at school. We're going to go through this cycle and do what we've always done. And, uh, you know, early years is easier, you know, when you're kindergarten and in first grade, not, not perfect. There's issues you have, right. With how, how, how things, how your child is treated or just different things. But as far as curriculum goes, it's not much happening. Um, by the time we hit the, the second grade this is my oldest. Um, that's when we start having to speak out more about, you know, harmful curriculum, harmful wording. Why is there the word, why is darky darky in this text? Why are we still using the word colored? When we're reading the book, but now we're not. And this teacher still using the word colored. Why, um, are we comparing brown skin to dirt? Why are we, um, why, how can we go through a whole era and not mention a black person? Did we exist? We didn't exist in medieval times. Oh, okay. We just exist in slavery. So there's, um, a lot of these, and these are things that my son's coming home and saying, okay, these are things he's telling me about. These are questions he's having, you know I mean? These are things, 
as a person who was heavily involved, I'm observing as well. So we're having this conversation all the time. So along, I mean, there's this the hardest thing to answer is how do we start this journey or why do we start this journey? Because there's a billion reasons. And a lot of them had nothing to do with my son. He, if, if we were still there, he'd still be on honor roll. He'd still do what he was supposed to do. He would still um, be the model student they want him to be. Would he be himself? You know, no. Would he um, would he be compared? Would he be used as a, be treated like an anomaly and and put on a pedestal to shame other black children? Yes. Would he be put on a pedestal to um, to tell look what this is how you should be? Yes. That's okay. That's a form of racism too. That's not okay. So there there's so many reasons why we left. But um, uh, from the curriculum being harmful, from knowing that we're repeating the same patterns that you know our parents and grandparents repeated um from understanding that while my child may be doing well whatever that means there's a bunch of other children who look like him who he sees who are in the hallways a bunch of children who look like him who are getting treated differently from from their white counterparts a, a, a bunch of things that are still harmful to him because he's watching this he's seeing everybody who looks like me's in trouble he's even saying you know, I, 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 I'm afraid to mess up. I will not, you know what I mean? Because then I'll be, I'll, I'll be putting this group or I'll be putting this, you know, naturally he's going to do what he's, what he, the right thing anyway. So that's who he is. But to have that environment around you thinking this is how this, you know, that's not okay. He wasn't okay with that. Um, I, I can't answer one reason why we left, but I can give you 10,000 why, you know, 10,000 10, 10, reasons. I can't give you one, but, um, oh no. I can't give you one. This is the best one. My five-year-old. We went through this system with my oldest um, from kindergarten and left in third grade. Um, my so my son who was not my oldest son was in third grade. My youngest was in kindergarten. Um, and although we were questioning everything, we still were we were we were we were fighting behind the scenes. We were speaking out in front. We were doing all the things that a lot of black parents do. We speak up, we say something, we have these conferences, we address things. We were doing all of that, but my son, the youngest, he was five years old at the time, he said, mommy, if they're always lying to us, why do you keep sending us back? And I mean, face on the floor. So I, um, it took me about nine months from then to, to not go back, you understand? But that question, why, why am I doing? Oh, because I think I'm inadequate. Because I'm being told, I've been told in so many ways that I'm supposed to give them away. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just a parent. I'm not an educator. Um, because why? I had to ask myself why? Why that? Because I've always thought my mom, my mom always fought. You know, my mom was advocate for me. My mom, you know, through all that process, through all the racism we experienced in school, whether from the teachers, whether from the students, whether from the curriculum, I, I knew I was a fighter. I knew that I would be right there with it. But why? All the energy that I was putting towards that, I'd be putting towards freeing them putting towards lifting them up, edifying them, educating them. So I decided that that, that was that was the shift. So that maybe that was that was a, that was the shift. But the hard part with that shift was there were there were students at that school that my oldest son especially was was looking out for, who, who, who was advocating for, who would come home and say, hey, this wasn't OK. What happened in this classroom? I'm going to need you to call somebody. I need you to call. And so he he. Um, was wondering what's gonna to happen to those kids because no one's gonna tell, no one's gonna say anything. And so that was also a, a, a hard thing for me too, is like, man, you know, although 
you know, this is a harmful environment for all of us. Everybody's not going to leave and everybody does, you know, everybody can't leave. And we understand that. So how can we still support those students? And that's really what Black World Schools is all about. I don't care if you're in school, out of school, unschooled. It's about shaping how our children see themselves in the world. So how can I support students who are in school and helping them have a, a, a good idea of who they are and how they and how they're how black is bigger than the block they live on. Black is global. How can I help them? Uh, learn what's harmful in the material they're receiving or the words that are being told to them? How can I get them away from being used to oppressive language and systems? You know, we can do that out of school and in school. And I, I don't believe that homeschool is the answer or there's one only one answer, but it needs to be an option. I don't think a lot of people know that it is an option. Now, I appreciate what you said. And what I found interesting, it sounds like you guys did school choice more than one time because you started out saying your kids were going to school. But even then they started at like a Christian private school. And that's a that's an initial choice right there. Instead of going to your boundary school, wherever you live at an indie, yeah. choosing that. And it's like you said, with every choice you make, there's some type of sacrifice. That's a financial sacrifice, potentially going to a private school. Or if um, one of the writers I write with at NEK 12, she um, used a voucher system, which is controversial for some people to even say that I'm using the voucher because people feel like that's stealing from traditional public schools. And also what I found interesting is what you said about the curriculum. And I remember when my son was in kindergarten and he was really excited to learn about Dr. Martin Luther King because they told him about this the big monument in mm -hmm. DC and they showed him how Dr. King had a speech in his hand. My son really liked to write. But then the teacher had them sing a song about how Dr. King was colorblind. Okay. And when he came <laughs> home and told me that, I was like, well, my my son is five. And not that I thought he was lying. I'm like, he must have misheard her. Because mm -hmm. like I, I really liked the teacher. At this point in time, with this particular teacher, had no issues. I'm like, he must have misheard. So I, I uh, emailed the teacher. I said, I had a question about your list about Dr. King. Talked to her and she said, oh, yeah, she sent me the song. And in the song, it said that he was colorblind. So I met with her and explained to her like the, how that's problematic. And that goes to your point. Like that is like the story of black families that's yes. used to doing is our kids go to school. They come home. This happened. This mm -hmm. happened. And we are re-explaining. No, no, that's not why. Because it was because he saw color that he was fighting for these things. He's not mm -hmm. colorblind. Right, right. Many things. Or you're adding things because the other thing is, I mean, that's pretty much all he could articulate was Dr. King. There wasn't really anybody else. There wasn't any black people that are doing things now that were spoken about. Right, right. So for me, it's like adding this, adding this, adding this. So I, I, I truly understand what you said. And I, so from an article from PBS in 2018 said that the black homeschool movement has went from about 100,000 families up to 200,000 families, which is double. It's still a small number. But what do you think are some of maybe the um, roadblocks that are blocking black families who want, who are having these same issues that we spoke about, who want to do this, but it's kind of holding them back? Man, I mean, there could be so many things. I, I definitely can, can, I want to start with the lie, the lie we've been told. I mean, Look how quick a lie spreads. You can right now, adults, educated adults will believe anything that comes across the screen on our Instagram and Facebook and spread it like wildfire. You know, lies spread fast and we believe we can believe them fast. And um, we are we we have been inundated with centuries of lies about who we are and what we can do or what we can't do, what we're allowed to do. And 
those lies shape how we see ourselves. You know, those lies, those lies shape how other people see us. But after a while, you start believing a lie. And that lie shapes how you see yourself, what you choose, what you do, how you parent, everything. It shapes everything. So if, if studying your history doesn't teach you that we've been doing this, we've been unschooling, we've been homeschooling, we've been, there's so many self-taught uh, leaders, uh, speakers, artists, name it. I mean, that's how we got free was teaching ourselves. We would not be free if we had not taught ourselves. We were teaching in secret. We were learning in secret, teaching in secret. We were going after learning and we were doing it ourselves in so many ways. So not knowing that we've been, we have a history of doing this, I think is a block. So, so um, that lie that's been told that we, we, we don't even care about learning or care about education. That's a big lie out there or that we can't teach our own children or that Forget teaching, we can't guide and facilitate their learning, that we don't know them best, that we can't build a relationship that 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 will allow them to be successful, whatever that means, you know what I mean? So I think the lie gets in our way. I definitely think of the planning gets in our way because you can't, for many, you can't just leave. It's a process, you gotta plan financially. You have, depending on where you're working and how things are working, you have to, you have to come out with a plan. So if there's no plan in place, um, uh, that that's that's a challenge. Support systems. Um, there's there's some privilege that I have that comes with with being homeschooling. And I think a lot of people who criticize others who don't homeschool are not calling out their own privileges that they have that allow them to make homeschooling an option. You might have a parent down the street. Uh, you might already be um, a mother who's at home. You might have a job that can work from home and a flexible schedule. All kind of things can get in the way. But also, I think um our our ability to adapt and uh accept oppression has gotten in our way we can't even imagine another way we all we know is that we are fighters and we can deal with whatever mess is thrown at us and we will fight and we will struggle and we think our struggle almost is what we what we have to what we have to go through like there's no other there's no other path if this is the path of success I know from statistics that success is not guaranteed, but this is what you have to go through to see what's on the other side. No, there are, you can forge your own way. You can step out in your own path. And we haven't been told that and we haven't seen it enough. So the doubling of homeschoolers, of black homeschoolers is because we're seeing it now. There's books being written. There are blogs being posted. There are Instagram pages to follow. There are stories that are being told. People are hearing the stories and seeing the results. And, and for many, homeschooling, there's no one way. There's people who, are, who come home. You can be black and homeschooling and still lifting up white supremacy. That's just a fact. You can be black and homeschooling and coming home using the exact same curriculum, have, squeezing in black history and get a chance, doing the, you know, because you didn't come home for that. And that's, that's okay. That's a personal thing. There's, you can be, you know, there's many reasons why people come home. There could be, uh, I had no choice. You know, there could be, Illnesses. There's gonna be many reasons people come home. We came home to get liberated. That's our that that's our thing. I um, and that's a journey. We didn't we didn't come home to mimic school. We didn't come home. Uh, we came home to define what success is. We come, we came home so that our children could choose choose what they love, choose how they learn, choose choose to to this, you know be able to to define success for themselves. 
be able to fall in love with learning so I don't have to stuff it down their throat. Nobody else does. We don't, we, you know, we came home to get, to get free, to know that there are other ways and other options and that there's, there's no one way of, of doing thing. And there's so many other reasons why we came home, but um, I think there's, there's many things that get in our way, but just, just the idea of if I can imagine it, I can do it. If we can start imagining ourselves, going another way. Kids have the best imaginations. We know that. You watch them build Legos, draw pictures. They can imagine anything. Adults aren't so good at that anymore. You know, let's, <laughs> let's on the job, they say, hey, you got to you know, be innovative. Kids are always innovative. You know what I mean? And so if my son can imagine getting out of here and doing something, I, then I start imagining with them, what would that look like? And that got me excited. So if we can start imagining another way, if we can start imagining ourselves outside of, of oppressive systems, if we can start imagining, um, uh, uh, just a just a new world that that we can create on our on our own. Then we we you know, I think more people will consider the option of homeschooling or unschooling. No, I I like how you said is the opportunity to liberate because a lot of times when I'm thinking about from my lens and being an educator in the in the traditional sense, I think about what you said how sometimes people think. They are, you know, addressing black history, but they're only like sprinkling it in. And like you said um, about the medieval um, period of time, you know, a lot of times you don't ever talk about what the other people are doing. You're just talking about one certain lens. And so I think that's uh, really, really, really important to think about all the different lenses that you have and to kind of liberate and free yourself the other thing I was thinking about is, could you talk a little bit about how you're liberating? Because you talked about innovation and you talked about um, kind of freeing yourself and being able to use your imagination to figure out what's going on. So it looks like we're having a little bit of technical difficulties right now. Um, but as that's getting corrected, I just want to elaborate a little bit more on some of the points that she made with homeschooling or taking your, your kids out of the system where there are all these things that are already in place, it does make it a little bit difficult. And we do have to acknowledge some of the privileges some of us have. Uh, one of the things I've been looking at is um, different black families. And I can't remember where it was. I want to say it was like Seattle, but they started doing like a co-op because everybody didn't have that privilege to be at home by themselves. Um, because both parents had to work or they were a single parent that was working. So they um, ended up working with other families um, just to make sure that they could still access uh, homeschooling, even though they didn't have that privilege of that. And so, uh, Natalie, I was just uh, telling our audience a little bit about what you were talking about, about privilege. And I was just letting them know that um, some families have chosen to do like um, like a co-op where they're working together because they may have parents they can't stay at home, but they want their kid to kind of get that um, experience. But what I really like what you said about being liberated and using your imagination to be innovative. Can you talk a little bit about the benefits to black children in this uh, model at, with the black world schooling and some of the innovative ways that you have uh, sh uh, taught your children and how they're being liberated through the curriculum and the activities they get to do it with you? Um, I, I think that, um, can you hear me well? Yep. Okay. I think that 
if we had to put ourselves in a category, we actually are more of unschoolers, self-directed learners, but homeschooling is easier to explain. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation, you know what I mean? But um, they're liberated by the fact that they get to choose. They're liberated that by um, being able to learn how to, how to decide what's best for them. They're liberated by, um, by collaborating with me versus me thinking that they're empty and I gotta fill them up. I know that they're not empty, they're mine. They're not mine, I, I birthed them, but they are they are part of me. And I know that if, if I'm something, I know they something, you know what I mean? So we are, we are gardeners, I think of like the dirt, you know, and how uh, you gotta cultivate, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, dig it up, get it aerated, you know, to get ready to, 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 to get ready for your plants to grow that they're not empty. They, you know what I mean? They just, we cultivate, you know, we cultivate cultivate um their gifts um and um i think i think that's liberating for them knowing that i trust them and knowing that i know that they are they are full of wonderful things that they're not waiting on mommy to fill them up that i'm here to guide you that i'm here to support you i'm here to provide resources for you but that i i don't think you're nothing and i don't think that we mean to say that to our children but when we don't let them lead sometimes it can almost be setting them up to wait for someone to tell them, what do I need? What do I do? What's next? How should I feel? What should I, what should I be learning? If we're having real discussions, our learning comes from, you know, our desire to know what's happening in the world around us. How do we fit into this? Well, how can we help with this? What's our community looking like? What's going on? You know, our, our learning liberation comes from being able to say, I love this. I want to explore this right now. I don't have to wait till I'm 21 to decide what do I like to do? What do I what do I want to be? I can learn right now at seven years old that I absolutely love bugs and I want to know what you do in this field. Oh, entomologist. Okay, well, sign me up. What can how can I use this year to dig is to to do some deep meaningful learning when it comes to insects? And who can you connect me to, mommy? Oh, you know an entomologist? That's awesome. Can we do a, a Zoom you know session? Can we go visit this person? Can I learn how they got to where they got? Can I? You know what I mean? That's that's liberating because I'm supporting them. And yes, I'm older. And yes, I have some resources they can't get a hold of. But that's my job. But be able to bring them those resources. But they have great ideas. And to know that for them to know that I know that that's liberating for them to know that I'm not treating them like they, um, you know, like, like they don't have anything to bring to the table. That's liberating to know that they are centered, that their culture, their heritage, who they are is centered, knowing themselves first is, is priority, that's liberating. I, have, I don't have, they don't have to go through a whole semester or a whole year learning about someone else that doesn't look like them for the entire year and then, and, and then the next year, and then the next year, then the next year, and then when they get to a HBCU, then you get to be black and proud. I don't get to be black and proud at seven. I don't get to learn these things at nine. I have to wait to be black and proud when I go pay tuition somewhere. You know, that's liberating to know that they get to live life right now. They get to do life right now and that they get to contribute right now and they get to choose right now. And they get to just be. So what's the benefit of a black child coming home? A space to just be. Where can a black child just be? Where can a black child just question and ask without, you know, I hope that that, that can be home and some homes may not be that space, but I hope that even if you're not homeschooling, that we decide to let black children just be because there's not a lot of places to do that. They have questions. They get upset, too. They um, they're trying to figure things out. They you know, they mess up. Where can they do that at? 
they can't do that at school. They can't not, they can't do that at school. So um, it's liberating that they get to, that they, they get to be home or in the world or in the park or in the museum or out of town, wherever we decided to do learning, they get to just be, just be without comparison or worry or, or anything, just be, just live. So thinking about, you mentioned that this is more like an unschooling, direct, self-directed learning model. So what about parents who are like, wait a minute, if my child is choosing everything, they may miss out and not be able to go to college or do trade school. So what do you say to parents that have that fear that if they're letting their children choose what their interests are, that they may not be able to be a successful adult? I mean, I think that it's definitely a journey because Remember, we were in the we were in the school system. I, I was in the school system. You know, my children were for a time. Then from that, we went to homeschooling. Right. And then from that, we're transitioning into, you know, we're, we're new into unschooling. So it's definitely a process. I don't I think if those are your fears, those are this more de-schooling needs to happen. And de-schooling is simply questioning. What do you mean success? What is what is success? Who who sets your standard for success? Who decides who decides that what is for us in our house? We it, it's it's a success to us. It's sustainability. Can you take care of yourself and do you, can you love yourself and love what you do and why you do it? If success is being rich and individualistic, we don't care about nobody else and just get money. That ain't it. You know, everybody has to decide for themselves what success is. I need them to be well in their minds. I need them to be well in their bodies. I need them to to um, you know take care of themselves and feel good about what, every decision they make and everything they do. So whatever that is. That's success in our house. So if we're still using um, uh, other people's standards, then we're always going to be following other people's lead. So if we're to 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 unschool, to un you know, to or to homeschool, whatever it is, we we have to decide what we want from this. What do you want? Do you want to come home because you think that all the kids who come home graduate early and then they become this you know person who's fourteen years old in college? If that's your goal, that's that's. You know, that's that's something different. If you are you coming home because, um, you know, I mean, there's different reasons. We have to really decide what we're doing and why we're doing. It can't be a trend. It can't be doing what somebody else is doing. It can't be just out of convenience. It has to be a collaboration, whether it's unschooling or homeschooling. The children have to agree. The children have to want to do this with you. This is a journey together. This is not that I don't believe it should be something that we pull them out of and put them back into. That's there's no freedom in that. And that's you're, that's a mimic of, a, of the systems that we that we're claiming that we're not OK with. So I think that, um, you know, if anybody has a lot of those questions, like what if what this there's resources, but really just ask yourself, why do I feel that feel that way? Why am I afraid? What am I panicking about? What am I unsure about? What are what are those reasons? And I'm I'm sure you're gonna find you'll you'll find the answer through asking those questions, just like our children find the answers, you know, when they ask us questions, you know. So um and so how do you explain this to like extended family members or friends where they're pushed back from your 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 circle, your friends, your family about like why are you doing this with your children? Um, what was that process like? Um, I don't really think we like just announced it. You know what I mean? Like we just did it. You know, because because at the end of the day, this is a, this is a, this is between me, my husband, and my children. They're down, we down. Let's go. That so so there wasn't this announcement um, about we're going to do this. What do you guys think or anything? But um, as we've been in it, 
from our own family, they've been extremely supportive, extremely supportive. Of course, people have questions, but, you know, sometimes people use tests to prove things. Sometimes you just live life. And if people know me and they know my children and they see us and they just do life with us, they know they know we know what we're doing. <laughs> they know I should know what they're doing. So it's that, you know, so that's my my family. They see it. They're in it. They're, they under they see it. They witness it. Other people who don't know me, people who are just, you know, who ask sometimes very rude questions to homeschoolers. You get that all the time. But I've learned that a lot of that is just it's it's just fear of the unknown. You've never seen it. You've never, you know, done it. You don't know nobody who's done it. I used to be that. I never thought of myself as someone who was going to homeschool. I was ready to be the mom who was in, in the classroom, on the field trips, was ready to shut stuff down when it wasn't right. You know, I was prepared to be that mom. I never prepared to, I was, I guess I was getting prepared. And I didn't know it, but I was, I didn't think I was going to be homeschooling. So I understand what it's like to wonder what's on the other side or, or what's that path you're on. I understand that. But, um, I think you you there's respectful ways to ask. There's plenty of resources uh, online, books to read. Um, but uh, just remember that we all have a place in this world. Uh, we're all going to do different things and we all can't go the same way. You mentioned online resources and books online. Can you tell us about maybe one or two books or resources that you found helpful on your journey? Um, yes. Um, I'm go out. Oh, you know what? I'm going to recommend this book. Can you see it? See it? Yeah. yeah the Makeys of the Little Indigo House. Yeah. She has an Instagram page. This is actually a new book. And and that's the thing. Like you're always learning. It's like we teach our children. You should be, you know, be lifelong learners. Adults are lifelong learners. And that's a real benefit of being home is that we're learning together in so many ways. But this book is a book of even if you aren't choosing to homeschool, unschooling, homeschooling, world schooling, whatever you choose to do. This is a wonderful guide that just helps, um, you know, help you understand quickly what this is all about, ways and suggestions to, 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 to do it well, um, just ways to build relationships with your children and help support them, ways to take care of yourself in the process. It's a beautiful book and it's a quick read, about three or four pages per chapter. And it's 33 lessons I've learned as a homeschooling mama. And she's been doing it for 10 years. Um, this is another resource, um, through our travels, we've been able to meet her. This is Paula Penn, the Brit. This is an older book from the nineties called morning by morning. Many people have heard of her. I think, um, and her, her book is actually how we homeschooled our African-American sons to the Ivy league. And it's just an interesting story because the racism she dealt with and how she was like me, you know, I'm just going to deal with this. And they actually end up getting, uh, put out versus having to leave. So it was, um, and not for anything they did wrong, but just simply because of racism. So it's a great read to see her journey um, and how that all unfolded. And I've met her grown children. You know, they have a garden in Ohio. She's a she's a, a, a garden in Ohio. I went to go visit them. And they're, they she did a beautiful job. Um, so those books uh, online, I think if you're talking about liberation and the journey to liberation when it comes to homeschooling, unschooling, being a parent, period, fair of the free child is the one. That's what need, we need to listen to. It's a wonderful podcast about raising free people. Um, I think those are those are those are some great resources to start with. But start start with your child. Ask 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 them. Who, get to, this is a wonderful time during this you know pandemic to just build those relationships. Talk to them. They are human beings. They have feelings and thoughts and questions, and they kind of they 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 get a chance now to really explore. Maybe they don't even know what they want. 
but explore some explore some new things. Have the discussions with them. Tell talk about get to know them and and see um, if it's if this is something they may want to do. Some children may love being home right now. I don't know. You know what I mean. And this is a good time to really talk about what would that look like. Could you imagine what would be the perfect day for you? What would you want to learn about? What is the what what would be the coolest thing? You know, what is your dream? What do you what do you desire to be? Do you have any? You know. Just those questions, it's a wonderful time to ask that. And for the parents who aren't having such a good time, you know, uh, that's understandable too. You didn't choose to be home, you know, right now. This is this is what people have called panic schooling for so many, you know what I mean? That's a real thing. Um, I think it's um, a great time to focus on uh, what's most important, you know, essential learning, you know, you know, Johnny ate two apples and Mary ate three. Is it's for, in my opinion, it's not the time for that. This is the time to say if A, B, and C don't work, what you gonna do? You know, if the bottom falls out, how can you how how can how can you take care of you? It's a great time for gardening. Great time for learning how to do these essential things: sewing and and thinking and questioning and 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 lear learning about systems and power and learning about autonomy and and get helping them learn how to be leaders. Um, of their learning. So when they get back to school, they're not, they're, they're excited about I'm learning. Cause I have, I have some goals in my life. I have some desires. It's not about me impressing the teacher or me getting an A for mommy. I have some things that I want to do in life. So whether, you know, I'm still going to, I'm not going to deal with your, your racism in this school. We're still going to stand up to that. But I know I have to go through this system and I'm going to do it for me, not for a sticker or for an A. I'm doing it because while I was at home during this pandemic and I talked to mom, my mom really open my eyes up about this wonderful world and opportunities that I have if I lead myself and take care of myself and love myself well enough to make great choices, you know? So, so many conversations that can be had right now, so. Now, I do think this is a perfect time for a conversation, especially when you say about the essentials, because those are the things that, are, that get cut from the school curriculum, because there's so much focus on standardized testing for English and math. And so, like you said, like I'm an avid gardener, so I've been gardening since I was a kid. So that's one of the things we've been doing. Wonderful. Hill, putting out seeds. So my sons are used uh, to that. But just thinking about can your kid cook if they got a hole in their clothes? Do they know how to sew that up? And some of these skills just fall to the wayside because when kids come home, you got a few hours. You're trying to do that's right. Routine and, and curriculum. Oh, that happened at school. Okay, can't deal with you right now. Okay, I got to deal with the teacher in the yeah. school. And so a lot of these things that are essential are being left out and we're seeing the ramifications. Like one of the things I've noticed just with my first, my extended family is we're not growing our own food. Some people we're not eating properly. And now you have increase of diabetes and all these health issues in the black community because some of the things that we kind of our grandparents, our ancestors were doing, we kind of left that by the wayside and we're just kind of following that curriculum at school and we're not pushing back on those systems. So when I when I heard the word world schooling, I said, they, they must be traveling like that must be part of it. So can you speak to like if I'm I'm, if I'm hearing this right now, like, do I have to travel to be a world schooler? What what do, what? How does that work? See, that name really just came up from us being committed to to helping our children understand, help, helping shape how our children see themselves in the world. When you've been in school, like I've been in school, like my mom's been in school, you think Egypt, don't even, not even in Africa. When you've been in school, like my mom's been in school, like I've been in school, you're invisible. You're invisible for centuries. You show up in a civil rights movement. Oh, you might show up in slavery, you know what I mean? But you don't understand that you've been here. 
Matter of fact, nobody would be here if you had not been here. Like you, you don't understand how to see yourself on a global level. So how can I care about a world that I don't even see myself in? Everybody's so, you know, you know, like the world is the way it is. Well, we don't, if you don't feel a part of the world that you're in, why would you care about it? If you feel it, you know what I mean? So like being a black world school is more see ourselves in the world less than where we're going in the world. But we do travel and we, and we do make travel priority. But I would call us short distance travel experts. Everywhere we go, we are looking for to have the blackest good time we can have. We are we are looking for how we how, you know black owned restaurants, black museums, black Airbnbs, black um, uh, bed and breakfast. Wherever it is, we're looking to see, see. This is where we are in the world. This is how we do this here. You know what I mean? So we center our heritage, our culture, wherever we're traveling, and then add on top of that. So. Um, you know, we're definitely a museum family, definitely national parks family. Um, but wherever we go, we're saying, what's, where are we here? What's happening? And you know, what's happening here and what happened in the past year? So, yeah, we, we definitely travel. But Black World Schools is, is really a local as well as a virtual platform for children in school, out of school, wherever you are, to really shape how you see yourself. There's so many ways we're being shaped through media, through curriculum, through people's opinions, through um, you know books, and and they name it. We are, we are. People are telling us and defining us, and telling us who we are and defining us every single moment of the day. We are determined to not let anybody define us. We will define ourselves. We will shape how we see ourselves. We will not continue to believe the lies about who we are. And and that's that's really what that's about but yes we do travel but you don't you don't have to go far to see the world the world is in your backyard we're going camping this weekend in our backyard <laughs> and there's gonna be a whole world out there you know what i mean you don't have to 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 be in uh paris to be a world schooler you you can be supporting a local museum uh you can be sorting a, a museum two hours away there's so much to see there's so much we haven't seen and it's right in our own backyard many times so it's not about how far we travel and, and, and the photo we can get, it's really about shaping how we see ourselves. So when I go here, I understand, yep, we're here too. When I go here, yep, we're here too. We have a history there too. You know what I mean? Just really shaping and understanding that we are part of this big grand world. We are not limited to this little little, little section of time that we often get when we are, when we're in school. What changes did you see in your children when they were in the private school versus when you pulled them out and brought them home? What changes did you see? Oh, uh, well, I guess one thing is, you know, I, I, I didn't pull them out. We left together. All I said, we, we, we walked out. We walked out together like the movie. Just look back and kept walking, you know. But um, but uh, when we came home, um, I get a lot of thank yous. I get a thank you uh, probably probably every day. I get random hugs all the time of gratefulness. You know what I mean? So uh, they were they were great. I mean, they are great. They're great children. So I didn't have any issues, you know, with them when they were in school. But what I see is I see some free black babies. I see some I see some thinkers. I see some I see um, them growing out of their comfort zones. I see them uh, trusting themselves. And um, I, I see them this, this living life. I see them just being free. I see, I don't see the stress of tomorrow. I don't see, I don't have a morning rush. You know, I, I, I see rested children. <laughs> I see, um, I just see, I, 
you know, they they did well, but yeah, there were times he did not want to go. There were times where it was like, you know, the stuff that was that was being said or the things that they were learning was just frustrating, especially to my older, just frustrating. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I I see I see joyful free black babies, you know, and um that's that's all I wanted to see, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you're saying, especially that free black babies. Like I I can almost see <laughs> see that uh image there. Now, one of the myths about homeschooling is that, well, your kid's not going to be socialized. Now, I know it's a little different because uh, at least with your older son, he was in school a little bit longer than your younger son. But how, what do you say to that when people say if you just keep your kids at home with you, they're not going to be socialized? Um, I would say they're right because nobody should be stuck in the house. <laughs> so when you're homeschooled, you're not stuck in the house. You're at the grocery store calculating how much the grocery is going to cost and guessing and see if you estimated around everything right. You're at the museums, meeting people, you're uh, doing apprenticeships. You are, uh, you know, still gathering with everybody else. We, what I, what I don't like to see and what I, what I will never do is isolate myself with people who just homeschool. He does chess on Saturdays with, with children. He does drumming on Saturdays with children. He does, um, He's in the Metropolitan Youth Orchestra. Like there's a life outside of school and they keep living, you know, and and that's what they do. Like life is socializing. Nobody, nobody. We don't grow up and work sitting around with I'm 34. I don't just hang out with 34 year olds. So they're being they are socializing by being in a world with many different ages, many different people any time of day. You know what I mean? And and right now, like you said, we all at home. We all not getting social. <laughs> and, that, and how so, you know what I mean? So, but guess what? We're still socializing, right? We're still meeting. We're still talking. We're still Skyping and calling and going outside and, do, you know what I mean? It, you know, so I don't know. I think that's just a question, again, a fear-based question, just not knowing. So that's the first question people ask. They don't, they don't really know what else to ask, but you live life and you meet people like we always have, but really more because now we have more of our time back. So we're actually socializing more than we were when we were in school because we're not around the same people every day. We're, we're meeting different people all the time, everywhere. You know what I mean? So there is, it's, it is possibly we might be socializing more, not possibly, definitely we're socializing more and meeting more people than we would have had we been so I want to make clear that I know like the, like the panic schooling us at home is not homeschooling. However, what advice will you give to parents who are struggling just having their children with them? You know, mm-hmm. all day? they're like, I have experienced increased socialization and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to me all the time. Like, you never talked to me this much. So, so we do like, socialize at home. Yeah. <laughs> So what advice do you give to parents who are like on the struggle bus? Like they're like, I need you to stop talking to me. Like I need you to go do something. Like what advice do you have? Um, I would say number one, I mean, everybody needs their space and time. Nobody should be each other's space all day. You know what I mean? Um, um, I would say, well, first I would say be careful because it's funny till it's not funny. It's funny to say kids get on your nerves and then your face till it's not. Because kids feel that they know what that they they understand that, and also sharing those kind of like memes and things on Instagram and Facebook, you're teaching these you teaching the teachers how to treat your child. 
if you don't want them and then the school don't want them, who's going to advocate for them? So if they getting on your nerves every day and you telling everybody all the time and they do this, and they do this, and they do that, and you can have them back. Well, guess what? When they get back and something goes down, you've just you've just given them away. You have, they have no support, not from mommy and daddy at home and not from, you know what I mean? In some cases, right? So yeah, it's cool to joke and be, because that's just real, that's relationship work. So if those things are happening, again, it's that questioning. Why Why do you feel that way? Maybe there's really something wrong with, with me. Well, yeah, I'm stressed. Maybe I lost my job. Maybe money is tight. Maybe I'm just afraid because I have a weakened immune system and maybe you don't care about this Thing going on, but I have other underlying issues. So I'm afraid of this COVID-19 thing. So a lot of how I'm responding to my child may have something to do with how I'm feeling mentally. So, I mean, I don't know the workload children are getting from school, but if, if possible, you know, I seen, I saw a lot when, when everything first happened that I know that children were getting maybe a packet. Can you tell me, are you getting like a packet or something every day? Or? Yes, I will say that initially a lot of schools did packets because they were trying to figure things out. The school I work at, um, our students are using Google Classroom and then they have homework on different days. The school my sons attend, they get work online Tuesday through Thursday and they're not getting grades. They're going to end up getting a three, two and a one. But mm -hmm. it's supposed to be done in like a couple of hours so it doesn't span the entire day. OK, so depending on what your schedule is like, um, I know when everything first started, not only were parents getting information from schools about what you need to do and here's how we're going to do the schedule here's this packet but then a bunch of people even homeschoolers were saying but you need these resources here are these curriculum when your child's you know done with that do this do that do this do that oh and now you can teach black history no 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 the the stuff that i would say those things you're talking about my child on my nerves or i can't take this that's the time to do some relationship work that's the time to be riding bikes that's time to be jump rope and that's the time to be telling your child how you're feeling having talking to them and telling how talking about what's going on with you being real having a real relationship and sharing things that's time to be coloring with them it's time to be doing puzzles that's the time to be you don't have to fill up their time again children are creative they have imaginations and maybe they haven't been able to use it lately now you got to use it with them inspire them create something, do something, get, you know what I mean? Get innovative, right? Don't add, don't add, I wouldn't add more things. If you're already stressed, you don't have to keep up with anybody else. You don't have to fill up any more time. Get, it, let them do what they have to do for school and then just learn how to be in relationship. Y'all been out the house away from each other for seven, eight hours a day for how long? Now we're in here together. Let's learn how to do this right. Let's learn how to not bring oppression at home. Let's learn how to, how to, how to get free together at home and learn how to, give each other space and also learn how to worry each other's face, be respectful to one another and love one another and, 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 and show that we enjoy, you know, this time we have, you know what I mean? If we have a problem, we haven't time where we fuck, we don't be around each other, make it clear. I need a break. I know I say that mommy just wants to go read this book. Like I just want to go lay on this couch and that's fine. Just be honest. We are not, we are, and tell myself day, I'm a person for, even before I was your mama, I was Natalie Pipkin. And I'm a person and I'm a human being. I have feelings and I have emotions and I have fears and I have ideas and all kinds of things. And so let your children know that like this is a great time to not separate this thing like, you know, like this. We need to be like this. We are to get, we are collaborating. We're together in this. And I promise you, children are brilliant. They they will get this if we are honest with them. And we we say, you know, I, I had attitude today. I'm sorry. I just. You know, all this all this stuff you're doing, mommy ain't seen it in 
20 years, <laughs> you know, what I mean? whatever the issue is, tell them what's going on. You know what I mean? But, but, um, those feelings are real. We just need to be careful how we, how we express them and be careful how we're sharing them because they can come back and bite us. No, I really, one of the, um, themes I've been seeing in a lot of your answers is the autonomy of like the child and collaborating with the child. And I feel like you don't, children don't get a lot of that at school. They show up to school and it's like really teacher led, like, this is what we're doing. This is a curriculum and this is how we're driving. I mean, I know you like chemistry, but we're not doing that. So we're just going to keep going this way. So I like what you said about the autonomy and not filling up their day because I made a mistake because I'm in the school. I'm I understand. School. I understand. I came home, made a whole schedule like y'all going to be doing this from this time. And but before we got to the end of the week, I was like, yeah, so that's not working. <laughs> so now <laughs> a different schedule and that didn't work. And so then I just kind of made a chart, but they have flexibility in it. Mm-hmm, and I put mm-hmm. your time in there. So like at this time, regardless of what anybody's doing, we're going to come to the table and everybody's just going to chill and just check in with each other. At this time, in the afternoon sometime, we're going to go outside and be in the garden or we're going to walk in the neighborhood. Yeah. Just having that kind of free time. And then asking them what they wanted to watch. Yeah. Monday was May the 4th, and my son, one of my sons, is really into Star Wars. So that meant oh, we had wow. um, an episode of the first movie of Star Wars. And that gave him like the autonomy to say, hey, I like this. And I even asked him, I said, well, what do you want to do while we're at home? And both of them said something was science, and my one son says it was art. So I, I had uh, signed him up for a little art class online, which he hadn't had the time to do. And I had been talking to him for months about Okay, I'm gonna sign you up for class. I'm gonna sign you up for class, but the pandemic happened. I'm like, I actually have the time to sit down, look mm-hmm. at some classes, and sign you up for something and meet uh, one of your uh, interests. So I, uh, I really uh, like that. I know we're running towards your close. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Like any final thoughts about like world schooling in general, or advice or tips out there to families who are who are kind of like on the fence, like they want to do it, but they're like they're they're afraid. You know, for families on the fence, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to still stick with you. Got You got to know why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, it's 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 not, everybody, again, you know, is not going to homeschool. And that's OK. All of our children deserve to be free, though. And we need to decide how we can help them do that, whether they're in school or out of school. But if you're on the verge, figure why, why figure out why, why am I leaning towards this? What what do I hope to achieve by bringing them home? What is it? You need to have a why. A why is how. A why, I say a why will help you find your way. If you know why you're doing something, you're gonna know you're 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 gonna you know have the strength to continue on when it does get hard. Because we're still parents. This is still life. Every homeschool is beautiful, but it's life is life. There are days it's just like it ain't where ain't happening. This ain't it. Just like there's there's just like teachers have days, or you know anybody has a day. We are human beings. So if you expect, you know, I don't know some perfect sitcom version of homeschool that's not it you know what I mean but if you expect to really be able to learn your child and to have built a, a healthy relationship that's not you know uh, tainted by the hustle and bustle and stress of life you are you that might be for you if you are tired of 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 calling assimilation liberation it might be for you if you are tired of fighting in the school system because they're not hearing you, you may decide that you can be louder outside. I have I have figured that out. So you have to figure out why you're doing what you're doing and what you hope to achieve. And you have to consult with your children. 
They have to be in agreement because you're going to have a world of trouble if you've taken Johnny out of school and Johnny love it. Because if Johnny loves it, he needs to be where, you know what I mean? You need to support him where he's at and this, and, and, or, or, or you also need to help him understand possibly the things that are lacking that he may not even realize. Because our children do need to be able to recognize oppressive things. They need to be able to call out racism. And a lot of times that was probably the scariest part is seeing how many of the children were not educated enough at home to know when they were be when they were the butt of the joke, when they were being when when they weren't able to call it out, they just sat in and that that hurt me. So it, you know, so you, you just have to have a why. You got to know why you're doing what you're doing and ask questions. You can contact me on Black World Schoolers um, on Instagram if you have questions. I'm totally cool with that. I'm sure there's somebody in your if there's nobody in your life if there is, talk to them about it as well. But talk to your family. Talk to your family and. And we did vision boards. Like, what? how do we see this? How can we, you know, if we did this, what could it possibly look like? Imagine, use your imagination. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, and use you your also have um, a story, a story line hotline. You tell us a little bit about Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, during this pandemic, you know, we, we do recognize that there are so many children who don't have, you know, access to the, you know, all these computers and fancy gadgets and internet. Some, we went old school and started a, um, Black World School or Storytime Hotline. I absolutely loved calling the library line when I was a kid. And so this one is for the culture, of course. So we have um, volunteers each week who are who read from all over the world who are um, choosing a story and reading it. The storyline is uh, available 24 hours a day. Um, of course, I don't have, well, yes, it's in front of me. Um, the number, I had to switch to my phone. <laughs> Uh, my laptop went out, but um, I can send the information over to you. You can put it, you know, on there, but you can also visit our Instagram page and the number is on there as well. But we have a story time hotline. You can call 24 hours a day. You also can get the historical figure of the week on there. You can also get an inspirational quote if you call in. So it's a, um, you know, just a, a beautiful community outreach program we just started. Well, thank you. I mean, it's been wonderful talking to you because, uh, just that whole sense of liberation and freedom and that self-directed learning and that children getting what they need and being able to advocate and have that autonomy for themselves. I, I truly believe more black parents, like you said, regardless of what you choose, they can do that. Like you can help liberate because like you said, you could homeschool and still be supporting white supremacy in your home. If you're not, you know, thinking about your why and why you're bringing it home. And like you said, that's your personal choice, but um, for, or the nature and the culture and the climate that we're in, you know, we really want free, um, liberated, uh, critical thinking, happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. We don't, we don't want to get comfortable with oppression. We, and that's, and that's how I, we see what's going on in the world right now. We, we know what we're living in. But we wait till something really bad happens to react. And I feel like homeschool is a response to, to that instead of a reaction. We're saying not anymore, not my child. And then maybe you're not coming with me now, but, you're watching and I, I hope and I believe I'm inspiring you, you know, to, you know, what I mean, to either follow or or to to go ahead and stick in it, stand up and fight. We can't sit in the systems and let things be, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a principal, whether you're a parent. We cannot afford to say, well, mine's good. What about forget everybody else? No, we are not. That's not who we are. We are we are about community. We're about we're not individualistic. That is not who we are. So it's been put on us. We have got to start looking at the big picture. I don't care if your child's okay. This is where we came from. I don't care if, if my child got on a roll. 
Why are these babies in the hallway? Why is this child in the fifth grade and can't read? Why is this child only getting six problems on the test so he can pass and this child getting 30? That's a problem and that affects us all. So we, we need to start looking at the bigger picture and making sure that we're fighting for each other, whether we're in school or out of school. If they try to shut down homeschool, I need you to be fighting for me, right? If they're trying to uh, you know, shut down your school, I need to be fighting for you. If you, you know what I mean? We, we need to be fighting for each other on behalf of our black children, period, you know? No, I, I definitely agree about it because a lot of times when you talk about school choice, it, everybody wants to make everyone adversaries and then nobody wins. And so I should support what you want to do. I should support what you want to do. So because at the end of the day, if we're supporting all these black children, then that's going to help everyone because those are going to be the leaders. Like I'm yeah. 36 right now. I'm not going to be the leader. It's going to be them. And right. I'm helping you, then your kid is going to come up and do something. They may lead a garden or they may end up building a museum. Right, right. I'm, I'm never going to be able to see that future if I'm saying, well, you're doing that. Or like you said, well, my kids are good. I'm not going to worry about these um, other kids. Um, so, yeah, it has been so great uh, chatting with you. Um, like she said, you can follow her on Instagram. And I'll definitely on my page post the number to yes. the line hotline so you guys can call in. And uh, thanks for watching, guys. Thank you. Take care.